what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. gentlemen welcome to episode 39 volume 3 of big fan the number one voted podcast of 40 something males who grew up in hickory north carolina played sports at the foundation center and listened to r&b in the early 90s my name is chad keith sweat east and i'm a big fan of fantasy football draft weekends last minute beach trips right before school starts and putting your Apple Music playlist on shuffle while sitting under an umbrella at the beach and rediscovering that special song you would sing in high school while chilling in the parking lot at McDonald's. God, that's a, that's a mouthful right there. That's a tongue twister. Uh, my name is Hank Geimer, and I'm a big fan. Canoeing down the New River, river sipping cold beer, enjoying the sun. Having the ability to turn on ESPN and watching competitive events rather than another 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. At least getting to draft my fantasy football team, not knowing if we're even going to have a season. Yes, sir. And that is what is in front of us, Hank. As you know, um, I don't know if you've heard the uh, latest and the greatest from the college world of football, but they are. So, two um, conferences have canceled the Pac 12 and the Big Ten. And we are looking at, bear with me one second, and the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 still thinking about playing. What do you think about all this stuff going on in the college world of sports right now, Hank? Well, it's a political event, man. They're just trying to figure out how to get some of that money. They don't care about the kids. They don't care about anything like that. And, um, you know, I read a great article talking about how the leadership up there is just so scattered that, you know, they're not making sound decisions like they should have figured out, you know, when exactly are they going to play? What can they do? What how can they modify it? And, um, you know, it came down to how they were going to get paid. And uh, I think they realized that they started um, really figuring out how they were going to do it too late. And now, you know, now you got kids showing up. I heard, you know, LR had a couple of kids show up that, to camp. They had it. Every school's having it. Um, heard that there's colleges that kids just aren't even showing up because they're nervous about it. And uh, they don't want to get it. So, you know, you have you got a program with, you know, 80 kids and 25 of them don't show up. It's kind of tough to, you know, to kind of work through that. So I don't know. I think that it's a cluster and I'm waiting for these other um, these other uh, sports to kind of lead the way because, you know, I'm, and I know they're pro sports, but the NBA's kind of figuring it out right now. They're going to rules as they go you know i saw today on espn they're trying they're trying to figure out how to uh vet these people that are coming to visit these players because they need to have a long-term relationship for the, with them not a short term so uh you know they gotta they gotta watch out what they're doing over there but at least they're getting a play man and done i don't know if uh when college football is uh, going to be back but it looks like next year so as a college athlete, you know, you are one, you know, I was very close to becoming one, but, you know, I just decided to stick with my studies instead. Sure. Um, but would you, if you had the choice and let's say baseball season was getting ready to start right now and, you know, they, they gave you the choice. All right, Hank, you can play, but, you know, under these circumstances with COVID going on, what would you do? I mean, I'd come to campus and, you know, I mean, I would come here. I'd, I wouldn't choose not to come to campus, you know, because I feel like the universities are going to be, um, they're certainly going to be overprotective because of the liability that they hold for these student athletes. So, I mean, I think that it's almost, I think, unfortunately, instead of putting people through the mental exercise, I'd almost want them to bang the sport and be like, let's just regroup after this is done. Because, you know, if you can't practice with more than 25 kids and you can't use baseball, for an example, you can't throw a ball from kid to kid because, you know, you're scared they're going to touch it. A football, a quarterback can't throw a ball to receivers. You know, I mean, what is the, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Now, the unfortunate thing is, is if I didn't play my senior year in high school, I wouldn't have played in college, you know? And so you have those kids that are not going to get to play that could have been their own. This is their year. And, right. um, you know, 
making decisions on that. I hear people are, I heard the other day that a, a sixth grader is thinking about reclassifying. A sixth, sixth grader? To save a year. How ridiculous is that? But, wow. you know, there's kids out there right now that are in high school that are trying to figure out if they're going to reclassify because they're a junior. They want their junior and senior year back, which, you know, I, you know, I, if you're going to make it, you're going to make it. If you're not, you're not. And, um, but I mean, I, there's some crazy decisions being made right now. I was talking to one of my buddies today who has kids, you know, school is getting ready to start here. Hickory on Monday, we're coming to you alive, as you would like to say, Hank, on a Wednesday. I believe the date is August the, what is the date? The 12th? 12th. Yeah, August the 12th. School starting here for the Hickory Public School System on Monday. And my buddy lives in Raleigh. And he has two twin kindergartners, right? That are getting yep. ready to start school. Can you imagine? So they're remote learning as well. Can you imagine remote learning? Two twin kindergarten boys, never done school before. This is their first time, and their first lesson in school is going to be behind the computer. Does that not sound like complete and utter chaos? You know, kindergartners, remote learning, let alone I twins. Think, no, I think it'd be terrible. And I actually said the worst parent group in this whole thing would be parents of toddlers through the coronavirus. It would be awful. It would be right. absolutely awful. You could not get enough time away from those kids, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure those two little twins are going to show up on their first day of virtual class in some mini white case Swiss and <laughs> in a polo shirt because uh, he's going to make sure that those, uh, those kids are brought up right. No doubt about it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so how is how is Harris handling this? You know, we got four weeks of remote learning, then we're going to try to do two days on, two days off at Hickory Public Schools. I mean, is he cool with it? Is he upset that this is the way it's going to go down to start his? This is his fifth grade year, right? Yeah, fifth grade year. He he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he's he's cool with it either way, man. He's he's uh he's pretty easy. I, I don't think you know. He's looking at it in any way that uh, that it's going to be a problem. I think his biggest problem is he realizes that, you know, if he's a Monday, Tuesday kid or a Wednesday, Thursday kid, he's only going to get to see about half his buddies. So, right. he, you know, he's upset about that. But um, I think that that's about the only thing, you know, he's been like we found out, you know, one of the great things is starting school. And I think you can uh, like mirror this with me is uh, when you find out, who your teacher is, your homeroom teacher, and you get that letter in the mail and you go, oh, I hate that person. Yeah. Oh, yes, I love her, you know. Yeah. And uh, his uh, letter yesterday, and uh, he got a great one. And the three in fifth grade are great, but um, he got he got, he got has some great teachers this year, and he's pretty jacked. But you remember, I guarantee you had a memory when you were like, man, I pulled the short straw on this. There's no doubt about it, bro. I think about it all the time. I can remember, and you probably can too, the name of every teacher from kindergarten all the way up through. I mean, I don't I don't really remember in high school. I remember teachers, but not like homeroom teachers, really, because you didn't spend right. that much time there. But from kindergarten up through eighth grade, I know exactly the homeroom teacher. I remember like whether she was a good teacher or a bad teacher, really based on what the group in front of me would tell me. And if I got, yep. you know, once that letter came in, man, I would say, yes. And I'd get on the phone and call my homeboys to make sure they were in my class. And, or if they were not, you know, we would be sad, but you know, I, those memories will never leave me. They're very exciting, exciting memories. Yep. And, and you know, there, there's no worse feeling than when you get that bad one and you think, Oh man, I can't believe I got her. But I'm going to check with my buddies and I'm going to check and make sure who I got in my class. And you call your first friend and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got Miss Smith, who's the cool teacher in that class, in that, you know, in that age group. Then you're like, all right, I don't want to talk to you anymore. So you call your other buddy, got Miss Smith. And then she got Miss Smith. And then yes. he, you realize you're on an island by yourself. But what's funny is all it would take is just you just needed one. You just needed one homeboy to kind of be your wingman. When you had Miss uh, Walters instead of Miss Smith, you know what I'm saying. And once you got in it. there with just that one buddy, then you know all you made friends with everybody else in the class, and it actually worked out to be a good year. Yeah, it did. But there's no there's no pit in your stomach that's deeper than that one. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to tell you a story that I don't think I've ever really told anybody. 
when I was young, you know, in elementary school, I was like a real big, like, crybaby, and I was a scaredy cat, okay? Right? I was really I knew, scared. I, I knew this of you. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you did. Um, but I would cry. I, so it was a rule at the East House. My dad wanted to make sure that we were always the first people at school. And everything we did, we had to be the first person there. So this is... So I cried kindergarten, first day of school, first grade, crying like a little baby, second grade, crying, third grade. My dad was like, man, you're in third grade now, bro. You know, it's no time for crying. You don't need to cry first day of school. This is your third, your fourth kindergarten, one, two. This is your fourth go at it. You should be, this should be like uh, easy for you now. All you got to do is show up, go sit at your class, uh, your, your desk. You're good to go. No reason for tears. I said, yeah, dad, you're right. So he drops me off at school. I go into my little cubby. I cried in that little cubby by myself for a solid six minutes, Hank, crying like a little baby until third grade. I don't know what was wrong. I was just, I had this anxiety of leaving my like mom or dad, even though I've done it many times, but that first day, it really only took 10 to 15 minutes to get that out of my system. But I would just have to have a, a good cry to get all that stuff out. And then I was ready for the school year. However, fourth grade, you'll be proud of me, Hank. No tears. No, no tears. tears. Yeah, took took me to fourth grade, but no tears. Yeah. What's your favorite, like your favorite memory of first day of school? I know last year we talked about our worst memory about getting wedgies in high school, first day of school. But do you have a favorite memory, first day of school? You like know, you got what? lunchbox. You know, you were you got that one lunchbox that was the stuff. You brought it to the I, lunch lunchroom, showing it off. You know, what I'm yeah, I do remember it. It's shoot. It, well, okay, it, just because you brought that out to show it off, you know, the big thing for you know, I, you, I'm sure we're part of this too, is you had to go buy shoes before you shoes. went to school. Yeah. You had to go buy shoes, and you know, you would beat up your ones from summer, and they would be just toe up from the flow up. You'd be at you know the center playing kickball with them, jumping in the creek in them, trying then going straight to play tennis. Then, you know, after they dry, you ringing them out, trying to get on the basketball court with them. So, you know, I remember one day that the Bo Jacksons came out and my mom took me to uh, one of the best shoes of all time, to be quite honest. One of the five shoes of all time. Yes. Yeah. She took me to the mall and I just graduated from the kid's size to the size and so you know i didn't get the like the leather looking plastic i got real plastic on my shoes and i kind of had a big big grown a big foot growing up and uh when i got to school them boys were like man you got adult shoes on they had their you know had the the jordans with the fake mesh and all that stuff and got the roll in there the good ones but um, you know that was one of them but one of my favorite memories probably growing up is in sixth grade you went to when I went to College Park, you would come into school and you know, a sixth grader going to middle school, you're nervous, right? You're nervous. My brother grade. And uh that makes you even more nervous because you know, you don't know what those boys are gonna do. I'll tell you, my brother is the one time that he ever stepped up and he made me feel right at home, like right when I got there, like right when we got there, you know, you're all sitting on the stairs together and the sixth graders are in that like dark corner behind, you know, not want to do anything. And, uh, I started walking over there to like my buddies and, you know, they were like, come on, come on before they kill you. Come on, come on. And Jake was like, nah, you can sit over here with us. Just, you know, come over here and talk to us. And so, uh, that did more for my street cred that first year because I hung out with now they beat me up every other day after that, but um, that first day was pretty good. That's great. That's a good memory. My memory of my first grade of sixth grade is very similar. I had been at this summer camp, and uh, and during the summer camp, this is I think I've described this on the show before. Two days a week, you go to Cool Park, then you go to Putt Putt and Skate Land, and you do all these other things. Where there was this guy who came my fifth grade year summer camp. He was a sixth grader. And he was going to Grandview. His name was Carl Sherrill. And what we would do as a bunch of geeks that we were, we would pretend. And this is when Karate Kid, the movie, was really popular. And so, like, I would try to pretend like I was Daniel San and he was like uh, Johnny or is that yes with the leg? Yeah, Johnny from yeah. Cobra Kai. 
and we would really like and he would have gear like we put these little these uh, little things on our fist what are they called boxing gloves but they're not boxing gloves they're, yeah but they're the smaller ones you know that karate people would use and we would have like these yeah. shin guards and these knee guards and we look like a bunch of tools but anyway we he we would karate do karate moves together we did it for a whole summer well sure enough i go to sixth grade and carl Sherrill is at grandview in seventh grade hanging out with all the older people like he knows a bunch of folks he's just a really nice guy and uh I'm walking by kind of just like you. I was going to go hang out with the sixth graders in this little closet of an area where it's really dark and gloomy away from everybody so you don't get your butt whooped. But he said, hey, Chad, hey, Chad, come over here. And so I looked at him like, uh, are you sure? Like, gave him one of those looks. And he said, he just waved me over. And before I got there, he said, y'all, this dude is awesome at karate. So he told his whole crew that this dude is so good at karate. Don't mess with him, man. This guy is really good. And so I walked in there like, so you know karate, huh? Dude, I know nothing about karate. I just knew how to do the crane kick from Karate Kid because I tried to be like Daniel Todd. You know what I'm saying? So anyway. You think, that's a- you, you think when you walked away, he was like, hey, now you can get in a fight with him and he will kick. He will not do anything. I want next person to walk up to him, shove him down and see what he does. The only thing that this is what they'd say. The only thing you got to worry about. He's really good at the crane kick. Just block the crane kick. and then You got him. That's all. That's the if only you, movie. He's got. If you block the crane kick, <laughs> you got him. But anyway, that sixth grade is a really important year. My daughter, Lucy Rose is actually starting sixth grade uh, actually on Monday. So she'll be at Grandview middle school the home of the Eagles and she'll be remote learning from uh, our, I, we got to figure out where we're going to set up Olivia and Lucy Rose, but that'll be something we do this weekend because you know, they'll both be remote learning in the same house. Um, they've got their own and all that good stuff. So anyway, hopefully it'll all work out and we'll get through all this mess. Hey, Speaking of- uh, hey I hope you got a good internet because you know, I we've played this game before with you and you're going to have all these all right. devices Come on now. Well, we just upgraded it. So remember, Moose was telling us earlier about – anyway, I did. We upgraded it, so hopefully we're going to be good to go. Got a new modem through uh, – what's the place? Spectrum and all this stuff and increased our bandwidth, so hopefully we'll be we'll be good. But, you know, we're talking about a mess. That's what the sports system is right now. That's what school's going – that's what's happening. It's just a mess everywhere, this stupid COVID. But, dude, can you imagine – you would say this. This is what happened last week, Hank. We had a hurricane and we had an earthquake in North Carolina on the same week. What in the Crazy. world is going on these days? Hurricane Sunday, earthquake on Saturday. This is bizarre. Did you feel the earthquake? No, I was out on a baseball field and um, I didn't feel anything. But um, it was like immediately after people were talking about it. I mean, I heard it like seconds after. And actually some of the parents said, that um, they did feel it. Reagan didn't go to the game. Uh, it was, you know, Sunday morning. She had stayed in. She was laying in bed. And she said, my dog just started barking. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny how those you know animals know what's going on. My dog just started freaking out in the bedroom, just started barking, going crazy. And uh, she said she felt it. It felt like, you know, a, a big truck was driving by, but it kept going for a little bit, you know, a little bit more. But that's, it's crazy. Yeah, dude. We went to the beach last weekend. Jennifer's folks have a place on Oak Island, and we were planning to go. Our trip got cut, um, got messed up a little bit because we couldn't go because they weren't letting anybody on the island. So we leave on Wednesday instead of Sunday to go help with the cleanup process. So we're down there at Oak Island. They're on the east side of it where there's some debris laying around, some sticks, you know, but everything seems to be intact, almost unscathed. But we, we clean up a little bit. Three miles down the road, bro. This beach Awful. is destroyed. It is destroyed. I mean, the the ocean came up and flooded homes that were on the water, knocked down all the sand dunes that used to be four feet, five foot tall, just leveled them to where they're just flat now. Some homes that were three aisles back from the beach, water got like water got so high it would pick up the cars and they were just floating down the down the road, washer and dryers everywhere. It was yeah, bizarre. So we get through all that, and then it comes to Saturday, and then we hear there's an earthquake going on, too. I'm like, man, can this get any weirder? This is the strangest year I've ever had in my life. And speaking of, like, can it get any weirder? Hank, if you had the choice of living through a hurricane 
or living through an earthquake, which we did last week, but let's say it was a really bad one and you're right in the heart of it, what would you rather go through, the hurricane or the earthquake? It's Dude, a tough that, decision. That's a pretty tough decision. Um, I think I'd go with uh, earthquake. Yeah, because uh, it's short. Does that last long? It's, it, it's shorter, but, you know, I'd, you'd have to get outside. You, you know, the, the, the people that get the, the worst part of these earthquakes are the people that are in buildings the entire time and they fall. Right. So, yeah. you know, you get outside, you try to get away from it. The hurricane, man, you walk outside, a blade of grass could go through your head. <laughs> Very true. Very true. You know, um, hey, and there's a movie called Sharknado that I don't want any part of a hurricane because um, you might get uh, a hammerhead that hits you up. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of hammerheads, so we're on the beach last Tuesday, and there is a couple people fishing. There's hardly anybody on the beach. It was crazy. I guess the hurricane kind of kept everybody away, but it was, you know, after a hurricane, they say it's the most beautiful, right? So it was gorgeous outside. It was like 88 degrees, just a little breeze. It was beautiful. Well, anyway, there's this guy fishing, right? He's fishing, and Libby and I are watching him. Lucy Rose and her mom are looking for shells, and he hadn't really caught anything in a bit. And then all of a sudden, you see him tugging on this line. And he's just uh, shore fishing, I guess that's what they say. When they have, you know, he's got two fishing rolls. They're stuck in the sand. He's sitting there drinking his beer, sitting on a cooler, kind of just watching them. Well, anyway, watching the fishing roll post. Well, he sees it. He grabs one, starts reeling it in, reeling it in. And Olivia was like, Dad, I think he's caught a shark. And I'm like, uh, they what? And she was like, yes, I think that is a shark. So we walk over to the gentleman. And sure enough, he's caught like a little three foot sand shark. And literally, he's just right off the, you know, right off the shore there. That's right where we're swimming. We are swimming right there. Um, anyway, so he brings it in. He was like, hey, look at its teeth. So he opens the little shark's mouth and it's little, but he's still got these chompers that would tear the heck out of your, your, your like calf muscle, your toe, your fingers, your arm. And so right when he and he said, okay, I'm going to put it back in the ocean. I was like, all right, girls, we're not getting back in the ocean anytime soon. Little sand shark <laughs> swimming right around my damn feet. Uh-uh, we ain't doing that. Good Lord. So, um, hey, you don't be hey, – hey, you you would probably be amazed at the amount of wildlife that is around oh, you the last time in the ocean. You're right. You're right. I just said just add it to the list. We got earthquakes, we got hurricanes, and now we got little sand sharks that can cause damage, it probably will happen to us this week. So we just kind of steered clear of the ocean after that. But what it would, was you, a good what would you rather live through? What would you rather live through, the hurricane or the uh, the earthquake? Uh, man, earthquake is short-lived. So I, I'm kind of like you. Uh, I think get outside, get to a, a safe spot, make sure everybody's good, and maybe last 12, 15 seconds and we're through it. Granted, there'd probably be a lot of destruction, possibility of fire, you know, possibility of a, a vase falling on my head or something or a tv falling on me but i think i'll take that chance rather than live for a hurt live through a hurricane that might last i don't know 24 hours pelting you with wind and rain and you see dogs flying down the street and stuff i don't want to i don't want any part of that hank no part yeah, of i'm that. with you i'm with yeah. you well um while we were talking uh, on our intro, you know, I mentioned about just sitting on the beach, putting on an Apple playlist, just putting it on shuffle. And all of a sudden you hear that one song that you have not heard in a decade. Right. And it just brings you back to so many memories. So I got on this R&B kick and, it, you know, you and I have talked about this before, probably like the genre of music that means the most to us, even though we like all kinds of music would be right. that 90s, late 80s, early 90s, that R&B. You know, that Keith Sweat, that Ralph Tresvant, that new new edition, that Bobby Brown. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Hank. It made me think. So there were a couple albums when I was growing up that were just pure classics. Like every song on the album was a hit. I want to ask you if I gave you a rundown of these albums that really mean a lot to me, and I think they mean a lot to you, and gave you a, na a list of some of the songs, the singles that were on this album, if I had to make you choose one, your favorite, what would it be? Okay, you ready for this little right. task? 
All right, let me hear it. The first album is a classic to me. It came around, I want to say this album hit in 19, if you'll give me one sec, 1988, okay? 1988. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this artist came from a band known as New Edition, and he went solo. And uh, his name was Bobby Brown. He released this album, Don't Be Cruel, in 1988. Hank, the Don't Be Cruel album had such singles as its namesake, Don't Be Cruel, had My Prerogative, it had Roni. It had every little step I take. It had rock with you. It had, what other ones? It had, I'll be good to you, good to you. It had take it slow. It had all day, all night, baby. So, man, there are, that's five or six number one songs right there. If you had to choose your number one song on Bobby Brown's Don't Be Cruel album, 1988, what are you going with? Every little step, man. Every little step. My anthem. When it came out, really? that really? thing was the jam. I told you I saw him in concert and it was the best lineup I've ever seen. Right. So my mom put us in at the, uh, she put us in her station wagon and it was like, all I remember, it was me, and my brother, I think Josh Hall was in there, but I remember Brian Kitchen being in there and uh, maybe Needles. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah. we went in there and the person that opened, was Jody Watley, all right? Then it went Dude. Rob Bass. I think I was at this. We talked about this. I was at that yeah. same show. Yes. Then it went to Love Her. Then it went to Bobby Brown. And seeing him in concert and doing that song, dude, that's, that, that's when I kind of fell in love with music, like really fell in love with music. And then, you know, that's kind of the fast-paced one on that. Um, yes. I would say that. Roni was a good song too, man. I Before mean, you get away from every little step, do you remember they had a video? And so there was oh, yeah. a remix where he, yeah. he did, he rapped at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. And in the video, there were these big letters, you know, and he was dancing yep. around the letters. They were white. Yep. He had like a black and red kind of outfit on. Dude, I'll never forget it. That yeah, video. Was, fade. It, yes. That fade working. That song was dope. Fire. But my favorite on that album was don't be cruel. Cause it's, the song that he released for the album. And man, yep. I remember hearing that beat. I was like, what is this coming at me through these speakers? I could not get enough. And so that was my favorite song of all 1988. Don't be cruel. And it was my number one song on that album. Well done, Hank. I'm going to hit you with another one. Thriller, Michael Jackson. This came out, I want to say 1982, right? Here's right. its lineup of songs. Want to be starting something. The girl is mine. Thriller, Beat It, Billie Jean, Human Nature, PYT, Pretty Young Thing. I mean, wow. that's I, I can't even wrap my head around what these are. Can you believe how many fantastic songs? They came, you know, that's one album. One yeah. album. So tell me, Hank, out of those that I just listed, what was your number one song from that album? I mean, if it went production, you'd think Thriller, but... Billie Jean has it for me, man. That's one of my favorite all-time Michael songs. It, I mean, I liked all those songs, but if I had to rank them, I'd put it first. Absolutely no question, Hank. I completely agree. I consider Billie Jean probably top five song of all time to me. It's, uh, you know, it was a game changer. That video was phenomenal. Just every, that, that song, I, I can't get enough of that song. It, when it comes on now, I can't, I refuse to turn it off. I've got to. I have got to listen to it to it itself in its entirety. Such a great, great song. So, yes, we agree. I'll tell you an underrated one on that album. You know, PYT, I don't think it gets enough credit. I think it's fabulous. And the beat to want to be starting something is yeah. something else. Something it is crazy. Else, sir. Yes. All right, man. Good job on that one. This one I'm going to give you. I don't know if you're much of a Prince fan as I am, but I'm going to give you a I'm Prince not, one. But I love him, yeah. but not as big as you. All right, so we're going to go Purple Rain, the album songs. Let me, this, this is, they're pretty, pretty phenomenal here. So the first song on the album, Let's Go Crazy. Everybody knows that one. It's incredible. Take Me With You, a little bit slower song. Very good. Darling Nikki, it was the raunchy one. When Doves Cry, I Would Die For You, Baby I'm a Star. And last but not least, Purple Rain. Now that is a lineup of singles there, sir. What would you take? I think I think I'd go after When Doves Cry, man. I love that song. 
P2, man. When Doves Cry, my number one song on that album. For the people that don't know Prince that much and want to, you know, try a little bit of something, go to go check out Take Me With You and then go hit a little Darling Nikki. Just make sure your kids aren't in the car when you listen to it because it gets a little raunchy. But the number one song, I agree with you, Hank, When Doves Cry. So, yeah, buddy, that's a quick trip down memory lane, picking our favorite songs from some of the best albums of all time when we were growing up. Good job there, bud. Let me let me ask you a question. When you were talking, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with this, uh, uh, the like music and that genre. And I was just I mean, like it, when you're in high school and stuff like that and things you think about. And I was thinking of two songs. I heard them this weekend that I absolutely think like kind of like define what I when I hear it, I can smell where I was at. I can see where I was at. I can, you know. Um, and there's two songs and they're kind of like one's more upbeat than the other. And one's kind of like real R&B. Um, but do you remember in 94 when Babyface came out with When Can I See You? Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. That's one of the best songs. When I heard that song, do you remember that? When I heard that oh, song, yes. I mean, it was when I was a, a junior. And, you know, that's when you start thinking that, you you know, you got a little girlfriend, you, you know, you think you're a Mac and uh, you were pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed with that song. And then the one, two years later, after that one, when you're in college and you're, you know, you're at a bar and you sneak in cause you got a fake ID. And when, uh, when return of the Mac came, <laughs> you remember that song? Oh, of course. Of Man, course I those that. two oh. songs right there. I was thinking of those time frame. I heard them both this weekend, and both times I heard them, I was like, "These things are anthems." So you know, <laughs> those years when you were cruising, like let's say you're in the bar and you're walking up to the bar, and that song just happens to actually pop on right when you're walking up there. It almost gives you a little bit more chest to pump, push out, a little bit more bounce to your step. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, here comes Return of the Mac walking up in here. Get ready to get him a dollar high, a high ball from the bar. Here he comes. <laughs> well, you you partied a little bit differently than I did because I was getting a like a a two dollar King Cobra twenty two, um, and I was going up there because they were about a dollar. Um, yes. It waited till eleven thirty or eleven forty. So. Uh, no, it, those songs, every time, you're exactly right. When you hear that song, you turn around, you'd be like, mm-hmm, I own this right now. This is my bar. This is my bar, baby. Yeah, that's yeah. I love that, man. I have the same kind of memories of some different songs as well. And, too, and I, the, the, the Babyface song, did it start real slow? It was almost like it was, when can I see you again? And is yeah. that like somebody stepping like this, right? Yeah. When will yep. my heart? Yeah, that's a great song. Thank you for I'm gonna put that on my playlist. Thank you for reminding me of that. You're welcome. Um, and buddy, this is a perfect time to take a quick break and thank our sponsor, TimeGenies.com. Hank, take it away. Well, you know, Time Genies is a wonderful concierge service that allows you to manage your life in whatever way you you need help in your business, you need help in your personal life, you need help anywhere. Um, it is a wonderful business that allows you flexibility with things you want to do. Maybe you want more time with your family. Maybe you need more time on a project. Maybe you need more time, more hands to do something. Um, they're the ones that take care of it. And, um, you know, I know them well, I know the owner well, and they are just wonderful people. And, uh, we appreciate them, uh, being on the mesh and, uh, wanting to be a part of it. So, uh, Go, do you? Uh, I think I have even a Time Genie pen sitting in front of me. If you go to www.time-genies.com, you can learn more about this service. So go check them out. That's again, time-genies.com, your number one source for all your time organization. How about that, Hank? How about I, that? I like that. You did good. Thank you. You know, Thank you, buddy. You know, I know you had something for me and we can talk. Let's talk real quick about our weekend because we're rolling into a weekend that is kind of important, but is really weird this year. You know what that is? Fantasy football. It's fantasy football weekend time, buddy. It is. It's just two days away, Hank. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Do you feel like you put in your time and your research this year? This is probably going to be my best year ever because I know nothing going into it. <laughs> 
that's so funny. Everybody I've talked to, and I'm the same way. Normally, I'll do a couple mock drafts or I'll read this or listen to that. I have done nothing, and everybody I talk to says the exact same. I guess because we're just kind of unsure if it's even going to happen. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think we're going to have it, but you know, we'll see. But yeah, I I, I have done z- absolutely zero research. Regardless if the season happens or not, we still need to have our draft, though, Hank. You can't take that. COVID can take a lot of stuff away from us, buddy. But do not let it touch this sacred fantasy football draft that we've had for the last 20 years. How are we going to do Ring of Excellence? Every year, if the people don't know, the pe- you know the individuals that have won championships in the past. How many of you won, Chad? I won my third one last year, Hank. I'm the okay, so you you won three. I've won two. So we're multiple champions. But, um, you know, the, the, the ring of champions is we get to walk up to the front of the stage. We get to turn our backs on all the losers that have not won a championship and show them that we're superior to them. And I, I just don't know if I want to do that while social distancing. Well, normally, you know, we shake hands, we hug, you know, we, we catch up on memories of being champion, of being, what it takes to be a champion. <laughs> while the losers just stare at us and cry. This year we'll have to – it'll just be a little bit different. We still need to make sure we make a lot of fun of the, the losers, but we just – not maybe no shaking hands, maybe not that many hugs. Let's just act really obnoxious, kind of social distancing, you know what I mean? Just yeah. to prove – just to make sure that they know that we're far superior than they are. Correct? Sure. Thumbs up thumbs up towards each other, maybe thumbs yeah. down towards them. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, maybe we'll throw, get, I'll get a couple of tomatoes and we can just throw it at them real quick or something. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I am great. not prepared for this draft, and uh, which is going to be interesting because, you know, I'm going to print stuff off. I'm going to go in. Like some of these drafts, I walk in, I'm like, oh, I've done so much research, and this third tier back is going to be my steal. I, it, I'm, when, when I get through pick two, and this is no joke, I'm going to go with what is next on the list. <laughs> yes, even though it might say Mike Vanderjack, kicker for the Indianapolis Colts from nineteen to, or 2012, you're still going to go with that? I will go with that drunk idiot kicker. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, if I were to ask you, I do owe the audience this, Hank, and I promised a little Frank, uh, Frank Young, because he's a big fantasy football guy and he's an avid listener to our podcast, that we would talk a little bit about fantasy stats, maybe just 30 seconds. If I were to go through the top five, would you know the top five that they're saying will go this year in the fantasy I know that, football draft? I know that. No, no, I wouldn't. But I would. Uh, I know Christian McCaffrey's one. Yes, let's Frank. This is for you. It's McCaffrey one. Saquon is two. Two. You yeah, got I knew that. Z, Elliot three. You got mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook four, and you've got Michael Thomas, wide receiver, New Orleans Saints five. Where's Kamara? So, oh, it's a flip-flop. Kamara's five, Michael Thomas six, or five, six if you, you flip-flop them. But the four okay. for sure were up to Cook, and then after that it kind of gets a little, you know, you can or, go any direction you want to go. Well, Dalvin Cook, too, it, he's got a holdout scenario, too, doesn't he? He's playing. I think he, he this is his contract year. So, you know, okay. he needs to have a good year to get, get them big bucks. Uh, the other interesting thing, last year's uh, you know quarterback diamond in the rough was Lamar Jackson. He's the first quarterback going off the board in round two. And Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the century, is going in round three in most of these mock drafts. So, little Frank, that's for you, buddy. Just do your research. You want to get a running back first, I would say. Round one, try to get your running back and then fill in the, uh, the pieces as the draft progresses. Hank, I look forward to it. We meet on Saturday at 3.30 for our annual pre-draft cornhole championship where we pair up in twos, talk a lot of bull, try to win uh, win the trophy for best cornhole uh, uh, player of the, uh, the draft group. And then right mm-hmm. after that, we jump right into our draft this year. Should be an excellent, excellent time, especially – because I'm the champ, and so I can make fun of it, whomever I want. I can drink as much as I want. I can eat. I'm the first person to get to eat, uh, like baby okras. You know, they're making a special menu for me, baby okras and baby corn, Hank. I didn't know if you knew that. And so I'm going to have my little plate of, of, of snacks there. Oh, it's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful day this Saturday. It sounds like it. I am going to be late to the corner because I am – coaching our final baseball tournament and it's in charlotte so i if we play we play it you know eight in 
11, then I should be back. But if we play at, you know, I don't know, 1.30 and 3.30, I'm going to be a little bit late to the show. Okay, well, get there as soon as you can. If you can't make it to the cornhole, just send Reagan over. She can fill your spot. She's probably a much better cornhole player than you are anyway. No so doubt. She'll, she'll sub for you, and she'll probably uh, perform much better, I would guess. I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. I'm Hank, sure I don't want to – I would hate to leave this podcast without just recognizing somebody who's very special to me, or actually a family is special to me, and I know that they're special to you. So this past week, I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, Mrs. Carolyn Miller, you know, CEO's wife who helped run the Foundation Center. Yep. She passed away. Did you hear that? I did hear that. Yeah. And so I thought we might end the podcast discussing, you know, if, for who, the, for the, our listeners who don't know what the Foundation Center, it was, a we talk about it all the time on this podcast, but it was a place where, you know, junior high kids, high school kids, shoot, elementary school age kids could go. There was pool, there was tennis courts, there was basketball facility. There were just places that kids could hang so they would stay out of trouble. It just gave you a place to kind of kick it with your friends. You'd ride your bike to it. You know, you'd uh, you'd go up and you'd walk through the front door. There'd be like eight video games, ping pong tables, pool tables there, a little place where you could get a suicide drink and a hot dog or maybe a candy bar. I mean, it would be a place where you felt safe as a kid. You know, it's a, you always knew it was going to be open and there'd be somebody there that you could shoot the bull with play 21 with, go swim some laps with, hit some tennis with. There was always somebody there. So anyway, um, the the matriarch of the center, she passed away this this week. And uh, I wish her family, I sent our condolences to her and her family. You know, it was a piece of Hickory tradition that even though it's not there now in the same format, you know, it's now the Hickory YMCA, it will always be the foundation center in her hearts. So with that, Hank, is there one memory of the Foundation Center that really sticks out above the others when you think there's about two, that wonderful place? Yeah, there's two things that that I remember, and one is kind of a funny one. One is just more now. Um, so we were there, and I remember Jason Needles and Brian Kitchen, two guys that were two years older than me, and I was probably in sixth grade, and I was at the center every day. I feel like, you know, like most other kids every day. And um, you would go from playing basketball to swimming and then you dry off and you come back in and play ping pong and then you go back up and shoot and then, you know, do whatever. And I remember we went back up and we're playing. And, you know, as a the greatest thing about the center was a sixth grader would play with ninth graders. All you know, it, it, if you you would better learn how to play because you were going to play, and it was great because I remember those two guys being just all in each other's face, and uh, they wanted to fight, so they took it outside, and Co followed them, and once Co got outside, he said, "You're not fighting on this property because I'm not going to be responsible for it." So what did he do? He ushered us over to the cemetery. And we jumped over, and I don't know if I've told this story on this or not, but he, we jumped over the creek on the other side. Of the creek. We I got into the cemetery. We were at the cemetery, and he said, all right, have at it. And he let those two boys punch each other until one fell on the ground. He stopped it. He got them both up. He made them shake hands, and he said, let's go inside and have a suicide. And all walked back into the center, and there was a lesson learned right there, and I think – kitchen's mom came in and she was like what happened or needles mom came in and he didn't sugarcoat anything he said exactly what happened and that was the kind of guy he was he was kind of a um you know i mean he he was just there all the time and um you know i i loved the center and i loved my time there and uh that's why i i think i got i got asked i'm a co-chair for a capital campaign that's going on there right now and i know it's the ymca but really and truly uh i feel like it's my my like purpose in this committee to paint a picture about what that property meant. You know, I, I started off when I, when I give a, like a talk to, you know, a small group when they when were together and I, you know, I always started with, I bet you I hit my first baseball there. I bet you I hit my first jump shot there and I bet you I kissed my first girl there. Absolutely. And, 
you know, every lesson. In, I know I got my heart broken first there. I remember that I was in the second table downstairs and Huff was probably laughing at me. But, uh, you know, there's a lot to that property that means a whole lot to me. And uh, but that 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 fight over there was more about it wasn't about like, oh, I hit a game winning jumper or did something like that, because, you know, a lot of those did happen. But um, it was more along the lines of uh, there was a like you, you got life lessons there. Life lessons. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you mentioned it wasn't just about sports. It was that these life lessons. I went to my first dance there, you know, my first oh, yeah. dance. You know, I'm a dancer. And that's the first real dance that I went to was there. Uh, there was a place called the teen room. I don't know if you I'm sure you remember the teen room. It was a sure. place where it had TV and a bunch of like sofas and, you know, some chairs that. So after you played ball. And then, you know, and if you just wanted to sit around and talk with your friends, we would rarely even have to put the TV on. You know, we were our own entertainment. We would go down there and talk about girls or we talk about the Cosby show that we saw the night before. One of my favorite memories is my friend Casey was dating this girl named Amanda. And Amanda was talking about new kids on the block and how really cute the little Jordan was from New Kids on the Block. And Casey was like, you think he's, she, he's cute, huh? And she was like, yeah, he's really cute. And he broke up with her because she thought Jordan from New Kids on the Block was cute. These things can only happen in eighth and seventh grade. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Those are the yeah Casey's got a mental, he's got a mental block though. <laughs> yeah, Casey's weird. But anyway, I just, those things I would never forget. It's just, just sharing those those stories and those memories while you're in the teen room with your buddies and you're talking about school, you're talking about all the stuff that kids that age should be talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it was a great place. What a place. What a place. So yep. this podcast is in memory of the foundation center and of the Miller family. Um, you know, they did so much for just thousands of kids that it, you can't even put it into words. Yes. All right, That's Hank. Well, that's that's what I've got today, my friend. Anything else you've got up your up your sleeve? I've heard so much good things about people loving that segment on getting to know Chad. I just have just a handful of quick just things that we need to learn about you. Are you ready? I'm ready, Hank. Born. Ready. Everybody loves this. Everybody's been talking about how they're getting to know more about Chad, and I think I love it. Okay, we're going to go through them quick. Okay, go for it. What's the next big thing? Uh, the Dingle Dangles, my band, releasing their debut album next November. Okay. What is the most useless major in college? Mm, I hate to say this. Uh, sculpting. <laughs> sculpting. <laughs> what job doesn't exist but should? Oh, these are tough. Um, <laughs> professional food truck food taster. Travel to okay. food truck. Let's okay. rank them. Okay. Go. Okay. Go. What job would you be absolutely horrible at? <laughs> time genies. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm so disorganized with my time, so I would not be a good time genie by any means. What movie has everyone else seen but you haven't? Oh, this is good. This is good. Um, I have never seen in its entirety the Big Lebowski. I think everybody's oh. seen that movie. I have not seen that movie. Is that's, that weird? That's yeah, that is. Yeah. What is the most badass quote from a real person you know of? From a real person, meaning like not a star or athlete, but just somebody that you know we just hang out with. Sure. Is that what we're talking about? At this point, I just want you to give me a quote. <laughs> How about, uh, there's a, a quote that I, actually it's a poem that I really like to think in my head a lot. It's, uh, it goes, do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Meaning don't do anything, just half. You know, live like it is your last day. It's your last day on earth. That's how you should live your life. And that's how you should attack or face anything that you do in life. And I know it's hard, but if you try to live by that, do not go gentle in that good night. Don't tiptoe to it. Go go at it with 110%. And if you can do that- I think that, you just man, made that up, but we're moving on. Which historical figure wins the award for being most hardcore? 
historical figure, most hardcore, I'm going to give it to George Washington. That dude was a bad A. Okay, okay. And the last question. When you've been with a person and thought you were equals, but then discovered they were on a whole different level, when have you been with that person? I, it's never happened. I mean, it might happen oh. to someone who's been around me that they think, oh, we're kind of equal. And then they realize all the, you know, the stuff that I can do and do very well. And they say, whoa, I'm in the wrong league here. But it's never mm -hmm. been the other way around. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Well, hey, listen, you lived past. They're getting harder and harder, Chad. We just got to go a little bit deeper and find out who you are. So we had to go a little bit further. Yes. And you know, I'm kidding. I hope the listeners know I'm kidding. I'm really not this egotistical. It's just fun for the radio. Right, Hank? Everybody sure, knows sure, this. Right? Sure. We know this. We know this. Right. Thank you, Hank. Thank you. Those are great well, questions. They really got the thinking cap turned on to 10 right there, Hank. Well done, sir. Well done. Just keep, hey, just keep every week we're going to come back and we're just going to learn a little bit more about Chad. Love it. I love it. I think the audience deserves that just to kind of peer into this huge brain of mine. Soul, okay. Okay. Large soul, okay. you know, kind that of seems about right. Well, I will uh, tell you that I have enjoyed this episode, but it's time to cut it short. And thank you, Time Genies, for allowing us this opportunity and giving uh, your time and energy in uh, in helping those individuals kind to kind of uh, get their time together. Yes, I could use your help, Time Genies. I will probably reach out to you on your website, time-genies.com, and maybe we can discuss some organization help for my entire life because it is I'm just juggling too many balls right now. I'd also like right now, Hank, to thank The Mesh, the studio itself that puts this uh, podcast on. We've been a, uh, a proud, uh, I guess a proud part of the talent for years now, and they are bringing mad, more mad talent to the channel every day. Kathleen Madigan, a uh, a comedian who is world, I mean, she's world renowned. Is that a, is that correct? She is known all over for her uh, her humor. Is now a member of our podcast. You also already know that John Reap, he's a member of our of our channel. I'm sorry, of our channel. And then there's uh, there's great musical acts that are part of our channel. We have some informational educational podcasts. A lot of cool stuff going on with the mesh every day and it's just getting better so you guys don't just listen to the big fan also check out the other great podcasts on our channel good work thank you hank all right guys thank you uh big fan fanatics we'll look forward to talking with you in the next two weeks until then please stay safe please stay healthy if your kids are in school be patient with them this remote learning is going to take all of us a little time to get used to just be patient with them uh, because it's it's you know it's going to be a little difficult at first, but we'll all get through it. So, uh, Tank, I'll see you on Saturday, listeners. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Peace.